10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome back, everybody, to 3 Per Fighter Radio. I am your host, The Nobody, and I am here to inform you of various truths that you may or may not know. And yes, it is an amazing day to be alive, because today, every day above ground, we can continue to do God's work. We can continue to fulfill His will in our life. So take advantage of every day that you are alive. Give God thanks for the food in your bellies, for the roof over your head, for the clothes on your back, and give Him thanks for your health. Because with good health, you can go and make disciples of all nations. Use your health to your advantage. So before we get started, I want to today, well, first I'm going to talk about the Apocrypha. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I just had to get everything together and find um, all the proofs that I wanted to show you. But I can, I have 100% proof that the Apocrypha and the hidden books are part of the Bible. And this is the truth that they do not want you to see. So that's what this episode is going to be about. I'm going to break it down and I'm going to show you 100% proof and evidence that the Apocrypha is, in fact, part of the Bible that they remove because they don't. Remember, Satan does not want you to know the whole truth. But before we get started, I have an article from Ken O'Hara from August 1st, 1989, and it is labeled Big Brothers Coming, Revealed Secret Plan to Tag Every Man, Woman, and Child. Coded Microchips uh, implanted in every person in the country would tie all of us into a master computer that could track anyone down at any moment. And plans for such a system are already underway, whether you like it or not. The secret scheme is being touted as a service for the protection of the people by high government officials. But some insiders who object to the move say it's just another way for Big Brother to control us. That That is definitely 100% the truth. Now it goes on to say transmitters, top level national security agents are trying to convince sources in the Bush administration to begin the project in which every man, woman, and child will be implanted with a tiny transmitter, claims Davis Miraland, a, a critic of government intervention who says he has received leaked information from inside sources. They are trying to say this will be a good way for authorities to quickly track down missing persons and children, as well as criminals and spies. Uh, folks, that is what they are uh, starting to do now as well. So they've been planning this again for so long now. And the reason they want to track your children is so then they can traffic your children. Or if a trafficked child uh, escapes or gets away, they know where to look and they will bring them right back to their captors goes on to say injections but with the astonishing technology of today everything about you could be controlled in one tiny microchip which would be connected to a government computer any government agent will know what any person has done and is doing at any time other sources say the tiny transmitters can be injected painlessly from a tiny gun in humans without them even knowing it and a nationwide nation program through a nationwide nation program. All the government, that's it, through the government, sorry, these parts are blurred out. It's an, old, uh, it's an old article. Now it goes on to say, um, is all the government would have to do is make up something like the swine flu vaccine, 
Um, imagine if they said there was a vaccine for AIDS. People would rush in droves to get shots. The doctors themselves may not even know what they're injecting. They could be told the microchips are genetic implants that reprogram the body into fighting disease. He adds, the program would require, would require all federal, state, and local governments workers to undergo the injections. It would only be a matter of time before everyone is implanted with a microchip, a slave to the government. Pause right there. So that is what is happening today, folks. It is right around the corner. And we know that there is graphene oxide in the COVID-19 vaccines, but we don't know what else. We don't know if they put microchips in there. Everyone who took that vaccine could already be microchipped. We do not know. this. They could actually be microchipped and waiting for the time to turn it on, but you have to be very careful. Do not take vaccines. Vaccines are proven to only be detrimental to your health, to destroy your health. Nothing is good about these vaccines, but we are right around the corner. And I believe that, and as well as a lot of theologians and Bible scholars and pastors believe that the mark of the beast is right around the corner and it's going to have to do something with the digital currency. In fact, they're already taking test subjects to put micro uh, chips in your hand. And now I believe it's Amazon is the one who owns them. They have all over the United States already and a lot of the Walmarts, you can actually swipe your hand over this little palm reader and buy your groceries. See, they're already testing it and they're offering incentives to go get this um, microchip implanted in your hand. And remember, the original Bible manuscripts, the original scripture, if you look, it says, in the mark of the beast will be in your hand or in your forehead not on people for the longest time thought it was because of like the niv versions i believe say on and that is a total um total lie and it's just to uh trick you into believing that it's not here because if you think it's going to be a tattoo or some kind of mark that is totally false it says it's going to be in your hand or on your head in your head so get ready folks the mark of the beast is right around the corner Anyways, enough of that. Again, this episode is going to be about the proof that the Apocrypha and the hidden books are part of the Bible. I have been wanting to do this for some time now. So sit back and take notes and just get ready for your mind to be blown away. Okay. So, in this article. Now this, first, I'm sorry. This is an article from the True Israelite blog. This was put, the reason I picked this one is because it was put together so good and I needed to find one that, that really gave solid concrete evidence to why the Apocrypha um, is part of the Bible. So in this article, we are going to give 100% proof that the Apocrypha and the hidden books are part of the Bible. In addition, we will prove that what you have in the 66 books currently is not even a small sample size of what the ancient Hebrews had. Now, whether or not you believe what's being posted here is not my concern. As our Savior said, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. That is Matthew 13, 10. Some of you will get frustrated with what's being brought out, and that is okay because to you this is not given. Go and keep your 66 books of history that is supposed to house over 6,000 years of Israelite history. Let that sink in for a moment. Now, would you believe the prophet Jeremiah? What if Jeremiah quoted Enoch? Would you call that blasphemy or say the government wrote it? Or would you give ear to what men wiser than you had to say? 
would you give way to learned men that on many occasions quoted their forefathers? The Apocrypha and the hidden books are written and summarized many places within the New Testament, so why is there so much pushback? Some of these camps are paid agents of the priests of Mahan. If you do not know who they are, um, you can go research that yourselves. Now this fight has been since the beginning of time until now, and the devil knows he has a short time left. Some of us were gifted before the foundations of the earth to be able to see behind the veil of lies and to be able to keep the mint, the meat and spit out of the bones when it comes to our books. This is not a new concept or some radical idea of interpreting scripture. In fact, we do it all the time and don't even know it. For instance, the Bible says precept must be upon precept. This is not only foundational, but a commandment. Goes on to say, so what does precept must be upon precept mean? I've been told not to pair the Bible with any other books. Okay, we have to deal with this head on because many camps tell you that some of our ancient writings have been tainted by the enemy, so you are not to use extra biblical sources outside of the 66 or 80 books. Then I have a few choice questions that must be asked and answered. When we received the knowledge of the Bible in the Americas, did anyone else have our scriptures? Why did we have a slave Bible during the time of our punishment, but Massa have a full copy? Who taught us the Bible and the instruction thereof if we were not able to read or write? And do we still trust our slave master's definition of events in the Bible? Who decided to take out the precepts and apocrypha out of the original text? As you can see, family, we have to start with a clean slate because even our Bible tells you that the enemy has forged a lie against the father and his children. That's in Psalms 119, 69. We are going to start with a clean chalkboard and wipe everything off the table, so to speak. If precept must be upon precept, as commanded, and you cannot use any other books, then you cannot use any other extra sources to prove a point. You cannot use Babylon to Timbuktu or the Compact Bible Dictionary. Nature knows no color line, and you certainly cannot use history because you know that the government has tainted it. What does precept mean? It means you need two witnesses to justify what you are saying. Precept means law or proof must back up proof or commandment must back up commandment. That means Isaiah said something Jesus said or Jesus said something Ezra said, so on and so forth. It also means history backs up history that backs up the Bible. It must be a complete seamless circle without breach of understanding. Now I am going to ask a hard question because there is this theory floating around that all the old prophets in the Bible were walking around with a full printed Bible in their hands. In Isaiah 34:16, what was meant by this? If you take it for what most camps say, curses to those who follow men, you cannot pair the book with anything else. This would also mean you cannot use historic sources to mate with the Bible. This would also mean everything after the book of Isaiah is not biblical. You might say you are taking this too far. I am not, and I am trying with all humbleness to show you a cruel trick that has been played on the children of Israel, God's children, folks. Now, if we go by that definition that the major camps preach, we might as well pack it up and go back to the slave Bible. In addition, we cannot use proven historic sources to prove a matter. This alone should tell you that Isaiah 34 verse 16 is not saying what they are preaching. 
If it is, then the next time you are on a Sabbath class or learning in a classroom, stand up and say you cannot mate the Bible with anything else. See if they do not escort you out the front door. Now the Bible says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. So what book was Isaiah carrying at that time? Was that prophecy even meant for Isaiah's time? If we take this literal, that means we cannot and should not be referencing or quoting anything past the book of Isaiah because you know Isaiah was walking around with the New Testament, right? It's saying that the scriptures are filled with the Holy Spirit and that those who study in the scriptures shall be gathered to wisdom and guidance. In Ezekiel 3, 1-2, it commands us to eat the entire roll and it's also quoted in Revelation 10, verse 9. Well, if the enemy has taken some of the bread of the children of Israel and hid it to himself, how can we take the roll? So, again, you can research. There is 60 miles of library under the Vatican. You can do more research. Research on Yandex, not Google, and you will find the truth. A lot of people, I'm sure you did not know that. So, you have to make a choice Either you have to listen to the Holy Ghost or you cannot, or man, you cannot do both. If you are led by the Spirit, then precept will be upon precept and it will match up line upon line. And folks, I have personally read a lot of the books of the Apocrypha. In fact, I have 54 of them. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, if you only stop listening to what man says, go sit down, get the Apocryphal books for yourself, study them, read them. And you will see so clearly that it it lines up with the Bible, the scriptures that you know. Now, again, I will state this for the record so there is no second guessing what I'm trying to say here. You have to go to other books to get the entire picture of events and happenings for your enemy has scattered your writings. Now, let's prove we do not have all of our books. In fact, there were more than just 14 books taken out that we know now as the Apocrypha. Yes, there was so much more. So, here we go. The Holy Ghost is telling me no matter what I write here, some will believe and some won't because of Isaiah 6, 9-10. through 10. So it won't matter what I spoon feed you either. You will believe or you won't. We have always had defenders of the faith. Some used a real sword, some spiritual. But all of us, male and female, were defenders of the faith. From the slavery of Egypt until now, nothing has changed. The Bible says, plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts and turn to me for healing. We are the former of all things, including scriptures. Now, According to the scriptures the enemy has left us with, we will follow the rules. Precept must be upon precept, so to approve or disapprove the Apocrypha, we have we we got to have at least two witnesses that match up. Now, for us that are studied and tried to be led by the Holy Ghost, this is easy, but we will take it one step farther as we always do on true Israelite. We are the order of Melchizedek. So we are not bound by the scribes and Pharisees' yoke of being under the school mastership. Since Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were also under the Messiah, we will use their writings to justify the Apocrypha. Remember the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 
or the NT were not written yet. New Testament. So, math, the book of Matthew quotes from the Apocrypha. Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, whether neither wrath, n- moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. James 5, verse 3. Your gold and silver have rusted, and their rust will be evidence against you, and it will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures for the last days. Now, from the Apocrypha, Sirach 29, 10, verse 11. Lose your silver for the sake of a brother or a friend, and do not let it rust under a stone and be lost. Lay up your treasure according to the commandments of the Most High, and it will profit you more than gold. That's the first witness. Second witness, Matthew seven sixteen through 20. You will know them by their fruits. And from the Apocrypha, Sirach 27, verse 6. Its fruit discloses the cultivation of a tree. They mean exactly the same thing. Now, that's the second witness. Matthew 27, verse 43. If he is God's son, let God deliver him from his adversaries. And the wisdom of the wisdom says, second, uh, wisdom 2, verse 18. If the righteous man is God's child, he will help him and will deliver him from the hand of his adversaries. Now, the book of Mark quotes in the Apocrypha. Mark 9, verse 48. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Now, in Judith 16, verse 17. The Lord Almighty will take vengeance on them in the day of judgment. He will send fire and worms into their flesh. They shall weep in pain forever. Mark 4, verse 5 and 16 through 17. Jesus' description of seeds falling on rocky ground and having no root follows Sirach 40, verse 15. Go do the research. Now we go on and the book of Luke quotes in the Apocrypha. Luke 1, verse 52. He has brought down the powerful from the thrones and lifted up the lowly. Sirach 10 verse 14 says, The Lord overthrows the thrones of rulers and enthrones the lowly in their places. Luke 1 verse 42 says, Elizabeth's blessing was not the first time his honor was given to a woman above sister Judith, was also given this esteem and honor. And that is also found in Judith 13 verse 18. Luke 2 verse 29, Simeon's biblical statement that he is ready to die after seeing the child Jesus follows Tobit 11 verse 9 and Luke 13 29 the Lord's description of men coming from east and west to rejoice in God follows Barak 4 verse 37 go do your research connect the two the book of John also quotes from the apocrypha even Jesus gets in on the action John 6 35 through 59 Jesus said to them I am the bread of life Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Sirach 24 verse 21 says, Those who eat of me will hunger for more, and those who drink of me will thirst for more. You see how closely how these line up, folks? Do your research. John 10:22. At the time the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter. Festival is not in the 66 books.
Now, 1 Maccabees 4, verse 59. Then Judas and his brothers and all the assembly of Israel determined that every year at the season, the days of dedication of the altar should be observed with joy and gladness for eight days, beginning with the 25th day of the month of Chislev. John 1 verse 3. All things were made through him. The word is the same thing mentioned in Wisdom 9 verse 1. John three thirteen. Who has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven is quoted in Barak 3, verse 29. Barak was the scribe of Jeremiah. Now, John 4, 48, Acts 5, 12, 15 through 12, uh, 15, verse 12, and Corinthians 15, uh, 12, sorry, let me start over. John 4, verse 48, Acts 5, verse 12. And Acts 15, verse 12. And 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Jesus, Luke's and Paul, Luke's and Paul's concept of signs and wonders follows Wisdom 8, verse 8, proving it is not a new revelation. Remember, the apocryphal books were written way before, and this is proven way before the New Testament. Um, John 15, uh, 5, 18. Jesus claiming that God is his father also follows wisdom 2 verse 16 among many other places this is quoted. And it gets better. Paul quotes the Apocrypha many times in the book of Romans. And now folks, it is time to unlock your mind. Romans 9 verse 21. Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one object for special use and another for ordinary use? Wisdom 15 verse 7 says, A potter kneads the soft earth and laboriously molds each vessel for our service, fashioning out of the same clay both the vessel that serve clean uses and those for contrary uses, making all alike. But which shall be the use of each of them, the worker in clay decides. Romans one eighteen through 25 Paul's teaching on the knowledge of the Creator and the ignorance and sin of idolatry, and this follows Wisdom 13, verse 1 through 10. Romans 1, verse 20, specifically God's existence being evident in nature, follows Wisdom 13, verse 1. And Romans 1, verse 23, the sin of worshiping mortal man, birds and animals and reptiles, follows Wisdom 11, verse 15, 12, 24 through 27, verse uh, 13, verse 10, 14, verse 8. Romans 1, 24 through 27. This idolatry results in all kinds of sexual perversion, which follows wisdom 14, verse 12, and 24 through 27. Romans 4, verse 17. Abraham is a father of many nations, follows Sirach 44, verse 19. Someone has been tampering with the biblical text, so you need to read Maccabeus 3, verse 48. But which heathen has done this atrocity, because even in the 66 books, it teaches us not to touch his word. So who has combed through our Bible and mussed up all the precepts? Who has went across the planet in search of us? In a word, Esau has done it. Everyone wants to quote the Bible, but does not want to go down the rabbit hole. Daniel even warned you of this in Daniel 7, verse 25. Remember, their entire goal is to break us from following the Father and thus breaking us from the Holy Spirit. 
It's been proven that the Apocrypha is part of the Bible, so unlock your mind before it is too late. The Apocrypha has prophecies that are happening right now as you are reading this. So why has your Bible been tampered with and how much of the Bible is missing? You have to understand, family, that what is written in Revelation 2, verse 25 through 26 is heavy because it's telling you that what you have, that what you have, hold tight until the sun comes to redeem us. Paul also tells you that we see through a glass darkly. That's because we do not have all the pieces for the enemy when we were asleep has hidden our history. And no, I'm not talking just the 14 books in the Apocrypha. Now, the definition of Apocrypha according to 1828 Dictionary. Apocrypha. In other words, uh, is to con so Apocrypha means to conceal. In other words, hidden, but who hid our books? Literally, such things are not published, but in an appropriate sense, whose authenticity as inspired writings is not admitted and which are therefore not considered a part of the sacred canon of the scripture. Now, when the Jews published their sacred books, they called them canonical and divine, such as they did not publish, were called apocryphal. The apocryphal books are received by the Romish church as canonical, but not by Protestants. Watch, um, watch this, Hebrews. We are about to unlock, watch this. We are about to unlock a mystery. The original KJV contained the Apocrypha, known more properly as the, Deuter, the Deuterocanical books or extra books of the law. But the Puritans removed them when they assumed power under Cromwell, following the lead of European Protestants. And they have usually been absent from KJV, which is the King James printings since then. Now, who is Cromwell? No one can be sure of the exact figure, but it is estimated that the destruction started and legalized by Cromwell amounted to 97% of the English art then in existence. Statues were hacked down, frescoes were smashed to bits, mosaics were pulverized, illuminated manuscripts were shredded, wooden carvings were burned, precious metalwork was melted down, shrines were reduced to rubble. This vandalism went way beyond a religious reform. It was a frenzy, obliterating the artistic patrimony of centuries of indigenous craftsmanship with an intensity of hatred for imagery and depicting the divine that has strong and resonant parallels today. So as you can see, they went on a crusade to destroy everything and anything that had to do with you, and this includes your writings, and so was Maccabees 348 line. This alone should be a massive wake-up call to you, because while we were being slaves and shipped halfway around the world, they were busy erasing us. There is another level to this that through my time of learning and waking up, I came across. They always keep enough copies for themselves so they can pass it down through their lineage to keep up with our prophecies. The enemy knows your writings, especially what's fake and what's real. They have went through great pains to learn your literature, but deny you of it. Just like what we see today, folks, they deny us certain things, but they continue to indulge in it themselves. The Protestants, along with these zealots, tried to cover up all of your history in Europe and across the world, but there was too much of it. This is why 
ever the enemy found us via the Papal Bull of 1492. They destroyed or stole your knowledge and kept it for themselves. We are a visual people, and they knew that they have always tried to trick us with their imagery. The Protestants went out of their way to tell you what you could and could not read, what was canon, and what was apocryphal. So again, I ask you, who gave them authority to dictate what we can and cannot read that the Father has ordained to us? Remember, these are heathens that had our writings for over 1,000 years. Wake up, people. Ever since we got ousted out in 70 AD, they have had our spiritual papers. Then we got them back and rewrote a lot of it. Then, in the Dark Ages, we lost them again. By appealing to Jerome, he also rejected all other books. Jerome rejected Wisdom, Sirach, Barak, Tobit, Judith, First and Second Maccabees, Daniel 13, and sections of Esther. From then on, Luther and all Protestants have been trying to justify this removal. Luther, in 1534, thought Barak was too skimpy and not lofty enough to be from the scribe of Jeremiah. He also had problems with certain historical elements in Barak, but in the long run, it really came down to Jerome's rejection. As a side note, Jerome rejected it because he thought that a Hebrew manuscript tradition known as the Maserotic text was in identical to the inspired originals and all other copies were made from this text. Since the uh, Deuteros were not part of the MT, he rejected them as not being of the canonical scripture. You see, folks, man, man is the one who rejects scripture. The apocryphal books are holy scriptures and we should be studying them. But again, man, right, the church, the corruption in the church is what is who removed these scriptures. It is man who decides, just like we see in government, they decide what you can and not can can and cannot do. So we cannot trust man. And again, remember, the Bible tells us that above all else, the heart is deceitful. We cannot trust our own hearts. We cannot trust men's hearts. We need to go to God to find the truth and we need to study. So it goes on to say, what Jerome could not have known was that there were many different Hebrew manuscripts in circulation during the first century and that the Greek Septuagint, a translation made by the Jews around 200 BC, at least in parts, appears to be a very literal translation of a more ancient Hebrew text tradition that is now lost. This means that Jerome's idea of Hebrew truth, only that which is found in the Hebrew MT, is true has been demonstrated to be an error. With Jerome's position no longer tenable, Protestantism really doesn't have a historical leg to stand on in regards to their OT canon. Remember Psalms 119 verse 69? They forged a lie against TMH by taking out what they had no business touching. These were not their records to touch, and the Bible Destruction Group, now known as the World Council of Churches, has you all jacked up. Maybe that's not good enough for you. Let's see what John has to say and Esdras, because after this, you will have to choose between your oppressor or the angelic forces that have called you to this marvelous light. The book of John and Second Esdras prove there are more than 66 books. God never ordained only 66 books only. John 21, verse 25, and John 20, verse 30 through 31.
And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. They are not written in this book, but in other books. See Revelation 20, verse 11, and Daniel 12. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the word itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. I am doing this to open your eyes so that you can see no longer that you no longer need a schoolmaster to tell you what you can and cannot read. Ezra or Esdras are the same people. In the book of Second Esdras, there is a passage, I believe, is long overdue to be explained. For indeed, there are more than 66 books that were supposed to be in your Bible. Either Ezra is lying, or we have been taken for a ride, and it is time to re relearn what they stole from us. For the events that are happening today with COVID-19 and the strife in the streets are written in the hidden books and your enemy knows it. This is why once again they are trying to calm you down because what's happening is biblical. We will break down exactly what they and some of these 66 to 80 Bible-only groups have missed. Or to be more accurate, it was not given to them. And in fact, they have been blinded. 2nd Esdras 14, 20 verse 22. Behold, Lord, I will go, as thou hast commanded me, and reprove the people which are present. But they that shall be born afterward, who shall ab admonish them? Thus the world is set in darkness, and they that dwell therein are without light. For thy law is burnt, therefore no man knoweth the things that are done of thee, or the work that thou shalt begin. But if I found grace before thee, send the Holy Ghost into me. And I shall write all that hath been done in the world since the beginning, which were written in thy law, that men may find thy path, and that they which will live in the latter days may live. As you can see, Cromwell was not the first to burn our records and laws and statutes. No, this is after the captivity of Babylon. Ezra 8, 2 verse 14 says, Nothing has changed to this very hour. We also learn in these few verses that the Holy Scriptures had to be rewritten. In the book of Jeremiah, our own people burned the warnings Jeremiah brought to them. That's in Jeremiah 36, verse 21 through 23. Esdras asks specifically for the Holy Ghost plainly. This is not talking about the Scriptures, but a spiritual power of sorts for the ability to dictate and rewrite what was lost and more. Not only is he to write what was done in the beginning, things he could not have known, but things that are to come just like Moses. Read Second Esdras 14, 1-5. This is a massive undertaking, and we have not even gotten to the good part. This job that Esdras was going to do had not been done on this level yet, and there was no man saying, don't read this, and there was no Apocrypha at this time. These writings were supposed to be for us today, right now, this minute, as you are reading this, for guidance to the Father's light. We are in the latter days, and we need all the help we can get. So let's see what else we can learn. Second Esdras, Esdras 23 through 26. And he answered me, saying, Go thy way, gather the people together, and say unto them, that they seek thee not for forty days. 
But look thou, prepare thee many box trees, and take with thee Sari, Dabria, Salamia, Echanus, and Asil, these five which are ready to write swiftly. And come hither, and I shall light a candle of understanding in thy heart, which shall not be put out, till the things be performed which thou shalt begin to write. And when thou hast done, some things shalt thou publish, and some things thou shalt show secretly to the wise. Tomorrow this hour shalt begin to write. Now we see that not all the Israelites were able to take part in the mission. Only a certain crowd were privy to this mission. Remember, at the time the records had been burned, so this is all from scratch. We also learn something most overlooked to their own detriment. Not everyone shall see these writings, but you might ask why. Well, it has to do with those who are wise and those who are not. There is a division just like the dividing of the nations, there is a chosen bunch who gets to understand the deep mysteries. This concept is not new either. There were regular Israelites and those who did magnificent things and miracles. You had the twelve tribes of Israel, but Levi was set apart. No one could go behind the veil except Aaron. In other words, a separation within a chosen group. Also, a light of understanding must be lit inside of those to understand these other books, and that can only come from the Holy Ghost. Some Israelites were to be given the entire understanding, and some were to get just the basics. Dathan and Korah didn't like this at all, but as you learned in Numbers 16, it's not how we wish it to be, it's God's plan. The light of understanding is not in everyone, and we are commanded to follow the light. That light is Christ. He is the light of the world, otherwise you are in darkness. And if you need proof of this, look at Wisdom of Solomon 7, verse 7. Wherefore I prayed, and understanding was given to me. I called upon God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. And in James 1, 5, verse 6, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So I took the five men as he commanded me, and went into the field and remained there. And the next day, behold, a voice called me, saying, Esdras, open thy mouth and drink, that I give thee to drink. Then opened I my mouth, and behold, he reached me a full cup which was full as it were with water, but the color of it was like fire. And I took it and drank, and when I had drunk of it, my heart uttered understanding, and wisdom grew in my breast, for my spirit strengthened my memory, and my mouth was opened and shut no more. The, the highest gave understanding unto the five men, and they wrote the wonderful visions of the night that were told, which they knew not, and they sat forty days, and they wrote in the day, and in the night, and they ate bread. As for me, I spake in the day, and I held not my tongue by night. In forty days they wrote two hundred and four books. And it came to pass, when the forty days were filled, that the highest spake, saying, This first that thou hast written publish openly, that the worthy and unworthy may read it. But keep the seventy last, 
thou that thou mayest deliver them only to such as be wise among the people. For in them is the spring of understanding, the fountain of wisdom, and the stream of knowledge. And I did so. So you see, folks, that was... Um, that was in Esdras. Now, that was, that was the prophet Esdras. So there has been so much hidden from us. And again, I've read all of Esdras. Um, I've read a lot of the Apocrypha. But I tell you, it lines up so perfectly. And I can't stress it enough how important it is to go do your own research. Go down that rabbit hole and get um, the Apoc as many of the Apocryphal books as you can for yourself and study. Folks, we are in the last days. We need to be. We need to gain as much wisdom and knowledge and understanding as we can. There's a reason that our enemy hid these from us and has and has continued this horrible lie to hide God's word from us. There's a reason. Remember, he's the father of lies, so I wouldn't expect anything different from him. Now it goes on, and I'm sorry for this. Some of this uh, article is a little a little choppy. It's extremely well written but a little choppy on um some grammatical errors so now it goes on to say you can write an entire article just on this chapter alone but you can see why they removed this out of the bible too much meat for those of us that are wise we learn that eating the entire roll or what is written in isaiah 55 1 through 2 about scriptural understanding and wisdom and it is supposed to be free of charge. But as James and Solomon said, you need to ask and pray for it. The Lord has to give you this understanding. It comes not by itself. Remember, folks, we don't want worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom means nothing to us believers. We need that spiritual wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God only. And that can only be given to us through prayer and meditation. Unceasing prayer and meditation every day. We need to be asking for wisdom and understanding, and knowledge. For the spirit of wisdom of the Holy Ghost is alive, and she is a strong force that has been here since the beginning. Sirach 24. For the, for the record, I am not talking about the Catholic Trinity. In 40 days, they wrote 204 books. Not 66 and not 80. So it's specifically telling us they wrote 204 books of the Bible, folks. Remember, the Vatican is hiding a lot of this. Now, they were hiding it. Now it's actually in, in uh, coming to the surface and you can get most of the books. You just got to have the faith and go do it. This was back in Ezra's time. 204 holy, scriptural, inspired transcripts of biblical proportions. So I ask you again, how much did the Bible Destruction Group destroy and how much did they keep? How much damage has this government done to our spiritual foundation? We have to stop right here and think. The Lord did not give us the spirit of fear. The enemy did. When it comes to our books, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to see what is bones and what is meat. You see now why they took out what they did? It is to deceive you. And if there were 204 books during the times of Ezra, how much during the time of Christ? Our books were more than spiritual building blocks. It was history and it was prophecy. Now you should be able to plainly observe that Isaiah 36 verse 16 is not saying what these camps are quoting. At that time, a good portion of our records were intact, but what about now this day? Now we must deal with the last few verses. Read this with understanding. And it came to pass, when the forty days were filled, that the highest spake, saying, 
the first that thou hast written, publish openly, that the worthy and unworthy may read it. But keep the seventy last, that thou mayest deliver them only to such as be wise among the people. For in them is the spring of understanding, the fountain of wisdom, and the stream of knowledge. This is what you call a last day's prophecy, for some of us are the same ones back in those days who understand these writings to not only be canon, but a must-have. Those that are stuck in the 66 books and will not acknowledge the many other books out there that have our ancestors' blood, sweat, and tears are not worthy. I agree, 100%. And even if the heathen has the 66 books, it is not written that the Israelites are above them. Is it not written that the Israelites are above them? Are we not supposed to teach the world about our ways? Isaiah 2, 1 through 2. Then why are we begging them for our daily bread when all wisdom was given to us and the sons of Jacob? That is in Sirach 24. Now, the war of the scribes of righteousness and the sons of perdition. We have been at war, family, for a very long time now, and one of the many ways the sons of perdition wage war is to rip you from your knowledge of self. Folks, stop right there. What do we see today? That it, they are ripping us of the knowledge of self. Okay. Their goal was a massive one that composed of distorting history, misdirection, and cunning craftiness. You might say to yourself, well, how do we know what's real and what's not? In other words, how do we know what the heathen has tainted and what is inspired? That is a good question. But, now, that is the devil's job, right? That is, he is here to deceive God's people, okay? To deceive the world. But, if we pray for wisdom and discernment, we ask God religiously, we, we non-stop go to the throne room of God and ask him for wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. I promise he will, the Bible promises, he will give it to us. Now, what happened when the Spaniards went to the Philippines? What happened when Leopold went to Africa? Why did Ma uh, Magellan and Columbus bring Hebrew or Indios-speaking translator? In every single good movie ever made, there's always a villain and a hero. Well, if the Israelites are the heroes, then TMH must have made a bad guy. Who is the one race in the Bible who has promised no mercy from TMH? Who are the agents of these villains? If the Israelites work for Yeshua and Yahweh, who do the agents of darkness answer to? Sirach 33 tells you that God made everything in pairs, so who is the opposite of us? This is not that hard. We have to call a spade a spade. We need to get all, and I do mean all, of our books back and reconstitute them into the order they were meant to be in. Now, did you know that older Bibles than 1800s have completely different precepts written in them? Guess who is responsible for taking your Bible and snatching the precepts out? When we got scattered, we brought our records with us. When the enemy came, they took your records with them. And still, our people will use their knowledge to justify and to deny TMH's inspired writings. And just because the government says it's so. Now, in 1611 AD, the King James Bible printed, originally with all 80 books. The Apocrypha was first removed in 1885, leaving only 66 books. If you are asking that question, that means you are afraid and the sons of perdition have a lock on your mind. If the Lord and Savior said you belong to him 
and you are free indeed. How can you not tell his words? Wisdom, which is the Holy Ghost, has always been with us, as it is quoted by Stephen in Acts seven fifty-one through 53. We always reject her. So because we wish to be subject to sin, wisdom or the Holy Spirit of discipline cannot stick with us. Wisdom of Solomon, in essence, you have given... So wisdom of Solomon 1, verse through 5. Now, in essence, you have given up the wisdom and the scribes of righteousness and traded it for the sons of perdition, laws, or the precepts of men. Isaiah 29, verse 13. How do you get back on the full path of righteousness? Read Barak 4, verse 29, and you will see the road is still open to you for a limited time. Christ said, My sheep hear my voice, and that is easy to understand for those of us that have the candles of light. It's also telling you that there are two kinds of sheep on this planet. See John 8, verse 40 through 41. If Noah wrote something important, and he is known as a preacher of righteousness, is it not true? If Enoch wrote something essential to today and was quoted as being a scribe of righteousness, would you not listen? Jude quotes directly from the book of Enoch, part of the scripture of the Ethiopian and Eritrean churches, but rejected by other churches. He cites Enoch's prophecy that the Lord would come with many thousands of his saints to render judgment on the whole world. And again, folks, the book of Enoch tells so much about what is going on today. It is absolutely amazing. Enoch 1, 2, and 3. I suggest you read them all. Now, my mission is not to get you to believe me, but if I may quote the oracle in The Matrix, make up your own mind. Like I stated before, this is not for everyone, and that's okay. There has only been a um, there has only been accord to our records three individuals to ever be translated or taken up to heaven: Christ, Elijah, and Enoch. And Enoch was taken first, then Elijah and Christ. Although Paul has uh, although Paul seen that other heaven, he was not had seen the other heaven. He was not translated to that place. Enoch quoted many things to come, but I want to show you something that you might not have seen. Most prophets in the Bible quoted things to come, and some quoted things that have passed to bring strength and reassurance that the Lord was still with us. Enoch's prophecies are plain and written, and others have uh, precepted with that book you need to see for yourself. These are the words of the blessing of Enoch according to which he blessed the chosen righteous who must be present on the day of distress, which is appointed for the removal of all the wicked and impious. Zephaniah, look at Zephaniah 1, 14 through 18, Matthew 24, 21 through 22, Matthew 13, verse 30, and Revelation 7, verse 14. Well, that's it for today, folks. That's all I'm, I'm going to read on this one. Um, you can do... You know, again, do, go do your own research. I think that's enough for you to see that there is uh, so much connection between the apocryphal books and the scriptures that we have today, only the 66. I want to tell you to go get the Encyclopedia of Lost and Rejected Scriptures. It's the Pseudepigrapha uh, and Apocrypha by Joseph B. Lumpkin. 54 of the apocryphal books are in here. It's huge. I recommend getting it. It's amazing. It's an easy read. And then you, um, also in the beginning, it tells you 
uh, all like where all the scriptures in the 66 books are quoted or vice versa. And I'm telling you, you in fact, you know what? Let me show you really quickly what I am talking about. Okay. So I'm going to read straight from now. Okay. So these are the other books mentioned by name in the Bible. When I say mentioned by name in the Bible, these are the apocryphal books that are actually mentioned in the 66 books. Are you ready for this? Number one, the book of wars of the Lord. Therefore, it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord. That's in Numbers 21 verse 14. Number two, the annals of Jehu. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first to last, behold, they are written in the annals of Jehuah, the son of Hananiah, which is recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. That's in Second Chronicles 20, verse 34. Number three, the treaties of the book of the kings, as to his sons and the many oracles against him and the rebuilding of the house of God, behold, they are written in the treaties of the book of the kings. Then Amaziah, his son, became king in his place. That's Second Chronicles 24, verse 27. Number four, the book of records, book of chronicles of Asuras. Now, when the plot was investigated and found to be so, they were both hanged on a gallows, and it was written in the book of chronicles in the king's presence. During that night, the king could not sleep, so he gave an order to bring the book of records, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. That is a scripture from Esther 2, verse 23 and 6, verse 1. Number five, the Acts of Solomon. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon and whatever he did and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of Acts of Solomon? That's in 1 Kings 11 verse 41. Number six, the sayings of Hosea, his prayer also and how God was entreated by him and all his sin, his unfaithfulness and the sites on which he built high places and erected the Assyrian and carved images before he humbled himself. Behold, they are written in the records of the Hosea. That's in Second Chronicles 33, verse 19. The Chronicles of David. Joab, the son of Zehirah, had begun to count them, but did not finish. And because of this, wrath came upon Israel, and the number was not included in the account of the Chronicles of King David. First Chronicles 27, verse 24. Now, number eight. The Chronicles of Samuel, Nathan, and Gad. Now the acts of King David from first to last are written in the chronicles of Samuel the seer, in the chronicles of Nathan the prophet, and in the chronicles of Gad the seer. That's in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 29. Now Samuel's book. Then Samuel told the people the ordinances of the kingdom and wrote them in the book and placed it before the Lord. That's 1 Samuel 10 verse 25. Number 10. The records of Nathan the prophet. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon, from first to last, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet, and in the prophecy of Ajah and Shalonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam, the son of Nebat? That's in Second Chronicles 9, verse 29. Number 11. The prophecy of Ajah and Shalonite. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon, from first to last, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet and in the prophecy of Ajah and the Shilonite and the visions of Odo the seer concerning Jeroboam? That's in Chronicles 9 verse 29. Sorry, I already read that. Number 12. The treaties of the prophet Ido. Now the rest of the acts of Abijah and his ways and his words are written in the treaties of the prophet Ido. 
That's 2 Chronicles 13, 22. And the book of Jasher. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? That's 2 Samuel 1, verse 18, and Joshua 10, verse 13. So there you have it, folks. Do your own research. I recommend getting the book. So let's pray it out. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for all my fellow brothers and sisters. God, I pray for that you give them wisdom and discernment and understanding, Father. I pray for their families. I pray that any of them who are not saved, God, I pray for their salvation. I pray that you soften their hard hearts, Lord. I pray that you break their hearts, God, so they will be that you break their pride, God, and humble them. Give us a humble and contrite spirit today, Father God, so we realize how much we need you, Lord, that we wouldn't even be standing here without the breath of life inside of us, God. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon your people, upon your church. Give us strength to fight the enemy in these last days, God. Help us, Lord, to stand together, stand firm in the faith, and we know that persecution is going to come here in America, Father God. It has already been in other countries, Lord, but we know that it's coming here to America, and we need you more than ever, God, to stand strong. Give us the strength, God, not to conform to the ways of the world. Give us the strength to not take the mark of the beast, Father. And I pray that anyone that is listening now, God, for a special blessing upon that person, Lord, that you use them mightily for your kingdom, that you bless their families, God, bless them with physical health, God, bless them financially, and give them everything they need to go out, God, to the world and share the gospel of truth. In Jesus' name we pray and we love. Amen. Have a great day, folks, and I will see you next time.